and welcome to Fresh Pressed for July 7th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and old grooves. This is the uh, fourth and uh, final installment in the little uh, series that we've been doing over the past month on the Black Lives Matter movement and some major figures in the late 20th and this early 21st century. So this week we are going to be talking about some recent deaths of, of 2020 that sort of sparked the current resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement and the uh, nationwide and even worldwide protests that are continuing. Um, specifically, we're going to be talking about the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, because especially at the very beginning of, of the month of the end of May, the beginning of June, their uh, killings were the driving sort of the inciting incident on on these these major major protests right um so the songs we're picking are broadly about the extremely recent movement um, so these are songs that are only going to have come out in the last several weeks and they will cover george floyd who's was killed by the minneapolis police department on may 25th of this year and brianna taylor who was shot and killed by the Louisville Police Department on March 13th of this year. I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with the stories. Um, it'd be hard not to be. And hopefully many of you have gotten out and, and contributed to the protest movement that is still ongoing. And so we're going to end our exploration, our immediate exploration of the current movement with these two important figures. Um, Andrew, you brought a song about Breonna Taylor. Yeah, so um, the song that I have brought is entitled Breonna Taylor Freestyle, and it's by Calvin Sopetti. Got me in my room thinking how to get like this 400 years and we had to rewrite shit Public education displacing the real truth and ramifications So it's fuck being patient So I tried to do some very minor basic research As did I He's got an Instagram He's got a Twitter His Instagram's private though His Twitter's public Oh wow. But does not include a sharing of this song But I'm pretty sure it's the same guy because his Twitter handle is Calvin So Petty. Probably then, yeah. But anyway, I don't know anything about this guy. This is the only song I could find of his. Like we said, we oh, we could find some minimal social media. But, I mean, mo- his Twitter for the last month is, is mostly about the protests and specifically, like, about Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Um, and another person who he mentions, uh, Natasha McKenna, who was killed in 2015. Um by the police in uh, Virginia. So, seems pretty likely that that's him, but again, we have no information on him. But I thought this was a, a pretty good freestyle for someone who has no other musical presence, as far as I know. Yeah, I was a little bit shocked that I couldn't find anything else about him beyond, like, a name. Um, yeah. Whoever he worked with, the producer, is good. And his, like, rapping style is, like, a little bit raw, but excellent. He has a great sense of rhythm and knows when to switch up his flow. 
Like he, he, he makes a great use of triplets um, in the song, and his songwriting and, and lyric writing is really good. Yeah, you know, there, there weren't a lot of songs about uh, Brianna Taylor just because of how recent her death has been and how recent the uh, national attention on her death has been, even more recent than her actual death. But this one really stuck out to me because I was sort of like glued to the speaker the whole time. Um, I thought it was really powerful, sort of recounting of the, the wider reaction to Breonna Taylor's killing. Calvin Sopetti, or Calvin Huang is his name, um, is not black. He's Asian American. Um, so it's not coming from part of the community, like his perspective. He comes at it from an angle that is recognizing that for people like him, for non-black people in America, uh, the extent of systemic racism and all of its symptoms and all that was not necessarily, he wasn't necessarily aware of all of that. I mean, before this year and, and all of the protests and, and awareness that's been spread about that. Yeah, he's pretty explicit about like this being a learning experience. Yeah. And like the need to study and educate oneself. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing about this song is that it's not that he's just saying like, ah, we all got to learn. He's also very angry and has, a, and has specific things to say about things that need to change. Yeah. I mean, I think right from the opening, he's pretty explicit about uh, the idea that the government and, you know, regular capitalist America, corporate America is like professing to be engaged. But uh, the line that he uses, which is, I think, a good one is, um, paint black lives matter on the street while black lives shattered by police. Yeah. Like the point being that these like are empty gestures. Like, yes, visibility is important, but up to a point, at some point, you need to actually get out there and perform social justice and activism in the streets. And its laws need to be changed. Money needs to change hands. You know, defund the police. That kind of attitude and actual steps need to be taken rather than, you know, like social media gestures. Yeah. Real change, they don't want to come through. Paint black lives matter on the streets. Why does black lives shadow by police? So I'm not just rapping on the beat. I got people in the prison to release. Thank God every day I could breathe. Use the same breath to make this land for the free. Um, something that I appreciate about the artist is that it seems like he has been very involved in being like active in the protest movement alongside making this song. You know, like on his Instagram page, it is private, but like you could see the bio and his bio is just a link to a Google Doc that like details a bunch of places where you can help out and donate and how to be safe during protests and like actually providing useful on the ground information for people who want to participate in the movement and make a change. Because on some level, protest music is susceptible to those same empty gestures. You know, making a song isn't necessarily enough. It's good. It's awesome. Especially when it's good music but there's also a political fight at play that requires participation and 
and direct action. That I was part of the problem. Quick look at the numbers, research knowledge. Cops don't want to give them all the option. And my best friend wasn't supposed to go to college. I'm proud of my brother T. Sam's every day. Cause we know what they fear most in the USA. He's an educated black man, but he did it anyways. Maybe it'll be okay. System been all fucked. If he got caught up. Um, I just want to mention another line in this song um, that mentions Natasha McKenna, who, as I said, uh, was killed in 2015 in, in Virginia. Um, because... Well, I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast knows who Brianna Taylor is. You might not know who Natasha McKenna is. She uh, was killed in uh, in police custody in Virginia in 2015. She was uh, being transported from one detention center to another. She had a lot of mental health issues, and she was being restrained to be ready for, to to be transported. Um, she was like handcuffed and her legs were cuffed together and she struggled against that. I think as any reasonable person would. And this 130 pound, five foot four woman was tasered like four or five times and uh, went into cardiac arrest and died. Um, was determined to be uh, brain dead after five days of life support. And so this uh, incident is specifically mentioned I don't know why. I mean, maybe he is from Virginia. I actually think he went to Virginia Tech. I think I saw that on his Twitter, uh, Calvin Huang. So um, I think that's why he mentions Natasha McKenna specifically. Yes, I think that's right. And this is upsetting, but uh, probably not surprising. Um, there were no criminal charges filed against anyone involved in her death, just like there still haven't been in Breonna Taylor's death. So, yeah, that's an important point we should make while we're talking about Breonna Taylor, that her murderers, the members of the Louisville Police Department, um, have not faced any sort of justice whatsoever. But they told you we flying. If that was the case, then we don't have a pilot. It's been messing up my head. I wish I would have known better what they did to Brianna and first Natasha McKenna. That's why we out in these streets and taking passionate measures so our neighbors can prosper in each and every endeavor to elected officials. I know that you could do better. Make protection for people and not with minimal effort. No performative acts. Take off a tentate clause. The system broken in size. Stop using Bengay to solve it. It's the right time to stop what we see often. First step in progress and start being honest. How many of these deaths have we not heard? So, Gabe, you've brought a song that's a little has a little bit of a wider scope. Um, I think is structured around George George Floyd because it's about the protests that were largely uh, in response to his death. But it also mentions Breonna Taylor. Yeah, uh, it does mention Breonna Taylor, but this song is definitely centered on George Floyd. This is Chapter Three Nineteen by the hip hop trio clipping left right left how long can we holler when it ain't no breath you keep killing fathers without no regrets then keep on counting dollars till it ain't none left so the streets gonna keep on marching like left right left fuck your empty promises these ain't no so uh some of our listeners might be familiar with clipping andrew are you familiar uh, I mean, I'm familiar with Clipping as far as I'm familiar with Duffy Diggs, and I know that he's part of Clipping. Right. So Clipping is a trio. It's uh, one MC who is Duffy Diggs and two producers, uh, William Hudson and Jonathan Snipes. Uh, Duffy Diggs is really the helm of the project, and he is like 
one of the most incredible multi-talented human beings like currently making art i think um so he's a a brilliant mc and rapper he is also an actor highly acclaimed actor most famous recently for starring in hamilton as thomas jefferson marquis de lafayette um but also he you know wrote um and acted in blind spotting which was critically acclaimed um and fun fact he holds the brown university record in the 110 meter hurdles fuck really yeah so what i was i was like a multi-talented artist is helping it and then i was like well he's also like an athlete so i mean hmm. to quote the jag jaguar twitter account because they tweet this maybe weekly sports is art too sports is art too so he's got a grammy and a tony clipping have released um three full-length lps uh i was introduced to them on their second one which is called splendor and misery which is like an afro futurist concept album um that is amazing and was nominated for a hugo award which is like a (laughs) science fiction award usually associated with books so lots of lots of star power um their music is probably best described as like more experimental um, as you can hear on this song, they tend towards like a very industrial product production style, which harkens back to some of the like the sounds of the '90s and like Dr. Dre, but is sort of unique among certainly outside of the mainstream hip hop community. Um, so this song, Chapter Three Nineteen, is a single that was released um, on Juneteenth this year um, for the Bandcamp fundraiser that was taking place on that day. Um, so they released the single, which you can still get on Bandcamp. It's not available anywhere else. And the idea was to, you know, raise money um, and donate money towards the Black Lives Matter movement and the various organization, organizations and bail funds and memorial funds that were working in inside that. So the thing that, I, that really drew me to the song, beyond knowing the artist, which I do appreciate for the theme music, is they actually sample George Floyd's rapping yeah i was gonna ask if that's what that was because i didn't recognize the the voice but i i knew that george floyd also rapped so i was wondering if that's what yeah so george floyd rapped under the moniker big floyd did a song with dj screw um called sitting on top of the world freestyle and the sample that opens the song and also closes it out and they i think play it once more in the middle is george floyd um, that's his rapping, um, which is like a nice tribute. And also because you like buy a sample and you're an artist. So clipping is kind of directly contributing to like his family and the royalties that would go from having the sample. And then the actual song itself. So uh, I don't think David Diggs's writing in particular is very subtle. It's certainly not on this song. I, I think it rarely is. I wouldn't say it's trying to be subtle. It's not. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> implying that that's a bad thing. Um, and we talked about this a little last week where, like, this song, I think, is 
uh, aptly described as a banger. And you cannot be confused about the message of the song. The line is, Donald Trump is a white supremacist, full stop. If you vote for him again, you're a white supremacist. Full stop. It's pretty straightforward. America's racist. Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Full stop. If you vote for him again, you're a white supremacist. Full stop. Call it like it is and then let the rim spin today. Full stop. Put one up for Big Floyd. The margin's not going to stop. This song is also obviously very explicitly in support of the protests and the marching movement and uses the left-right-left uh, of a march um, kind of as one of its thematic uh, points of reference. And David Diggs is uh, one of the more brilliant technical rappers, I think, of like the last decade. And this is, this is highlighted here where he'll drop into like a double-time flow that's ridiculously fast. Yeah. Um, if you... Are a fan of Hamilton, you listen to uh, Hamilton, Guns and Ships, which is like the Marquis de Lafayette song that David Diggs is rapping on, was written explicitly for him because it uh, was unclear if anybody else would even be able to like rap to that speed and that precision. Hmm. Also, this song is angry. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a common theme for a lot of the songs for this theme specifically that we've been listening to i mean a lot of the songs for the past month have been angry i think that we've been we've been featuring on this show but specifically because everything is happening now things are generally quite angry the only non-angry songs that i listened to this week for the theme were instrumentals that were more like elegies for the victims rather than calls to action for those who are still here in memory of the victims. Right. And I think we want to emphasize very much that call to action on this podcast and in these songs. Yes, definitely. You got the guns, but we got the shout, the vote, the mouthpiece, the clout, and the loud pack. Got guns too. You're fast, yeah, we doubt that. Show us receipts, and we will denounce that. Take a tear gas, inhale like an ounce of that cookie cake. Your bullets all bounce. Even when they break flesh, you are not safe. We are watching every motherfucking move you make. Play it back on camera so no one can mistake the order of events that lead up to another life you take. And if the verdict come back less than murder, don't be surprised when your streets are burning. This anger ain't misplaced, it is turning. Cop cars to bonfires till you learn. If you profit off this. So, Gabe, what uh, new music? were you listening to this week um this is from a band called cuddle magic Mm -hmm. off their new record bath okay the song is titled hurt a little This is the most delicate <laughs> set of title, artist, and album title that I've ever heard. What do you mean by that? The artist name is Cuddle Magic. I know. So cute. Which is very tender. And then the the album title is Bath, which is also just very sweet and like, I don't know. And then the the title of this, even though it has the word hurt in it, it's just, it's just hurt a little. It hurts a little. Yeah. It has to hurt a little or or else you don't get the, you know. Or else why do it, right? You have, have to have a little, yeah, you have to have a little pain so that you can feel the pleasure of your bath cuddle magic. Right. Bath cuddle magic. 
And you know, the other thing about, the other joke that I want to make about this is that it is, I think the band name is a reference to my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Blood Sugar Cuddle Magic. (laughs) That is so bad. I know. All right. Well, Andrew, since you've pointed out all of the details of the names involved here, I'll provide you some reasoning for at least the album title, which okay. is Bath. Mm-hmm. And it's that about the city in Maine. Is why the city in Maine? There's a much more famous city of Bath in England. Yes, but there's one city of Bath that I have driven through a lot, and it's not the one in England, a country I've never been to. Ah, just New England, huh? Yeah, just New England. So the, t- the album is titled Bath. Because the entire album was recorded in a bathroom. Interesting. <laughs> Long pause. Um, the entire album it was recorded essentially live in a fairly regular bathroom. <laughs> what do you mean a fairly regular bathroom? Like it wasn't like a large, ridiculously large bathroom, you know? It's like a, a bathroom that you could have in your house. Like a master bath, but a bathroom. I mean, I feel like if you're recording an album in a bathroom, then you don't have a super large bathroom. Because if you have a super large bathroom, then you can record your album in a studio. Well, I mean, they've recorded other albums in studios. Okay. This is their sixth record, Cuddle Magic. Um, and there are six of them. Alex Spiegelman, Benjamin Lazar Davis, Christopher McDonald, Cole Kamen Green, David Flaherty, and Kristen Slip. Um, and they all got in the bathroom together and they set up precisely 23 microphones. Jeez. And recorded the entire album live. There's no overdubbing on any of the record, no multi tracking in that way. Now, when you say regular bathroom, I'm recording this in the room that's next to my bathroom right now. It would be difficult to fit. I mean, you could fit six people in there, I think, uh, and zero microphones if you fit six people in there. I don't know how you fit six people in 23 microphones and presumably instruments in there. I mean, it's a nice bathroom, but it doesn't look particularly large. Uh, If you go to their Spotify page in the About section, they have an image gallery of them recording it in the bathroom and what that looks like. I'm going to look at that right now. Like, it's, a, it's like, bigger than your bathroom, Andrew, because you live in a little one-person house in Philly. And it's bigger than my bathroom because I live in a townhome in California. But if, like, we owned actual houses, then perhaps you would have a bathroom this size. I don't know, Gabe. They have a bathtub and a shower stall. That's a pretty big bathroom. I mean, it's a big bathroom, but it's not absurd. I don't know, Gabe. I, as someone who, you know, I think I'm closer to the people on this. I think having both a bathtub and a separate large shower stall is a pretty large bathroom. I mean, I don't think either any of them owned the bathroom. Although, what do I know? I don't know. It seems like you would be the one to know. They, they've made, like, they've done, like, collaborations with other, like, important people, individuals in the group. Like Beyonce, I think. Anyway. So the logical question, Andrew, is why did they record a whole album in a bathroom? I mean, that was going to be my first question, but I sent a, I, 
I ended up not asking it because I do know why, because the reverb's good. Yes, they do explicitly talk about that in their like liner notes for the record. You do sound better singing in the shower. Those reflective surfaces are great. But apparently this stems from they had like a songwriting session back in 2013, which for whatever reason they like had the pump organ in the bathroom. Uh, like some place in like they were all living in a house together for like three months or something to record an album. And they said that like the experience of crowding around this pump organ in the bathroom was like one of their great songwriting experiences. So they wanted to do an entire (laughs) album in that style. So if your question, Andrew, is did you pick this out, this song and this album specifically so you could talk about them recording it in a bathroom? The answer is like 75% yes. (laughs) No shame in that. I did like the song. Yeah, it's very nice. And it is a delicate song to go with all of the delicacy of the names. Yeah. Um, it's got a beautiful little melody um, that is then mirrored delightfully in a beautiful trumpet, um, which is played by Cole Kamen Green. And for those of you who are trumpet aficionados, you will notice that the trumpet is muted. I don't think you, I wouldn't call myself a trumpet aficionado, but I did notice that. <laughs> Didn't your brother play trumpet? Does that make me an aficionado because my brother played trumpet in high school? Yep. Um, it is a muted trumpet. Because as you can imagine, playing the trumpet in a bathroom... is <laughs> real fucking loud. Real fucking loud. So I was like, oh, that's so nice that they muted it. And then I was like thinking about it. I was like, that was really the only way to do it, huh? Yeah. It does very much give it that, give it that like Bon Iver indie sound. That you are known to love. Yeah. You, trumpet aficionado. Yeah. Well, muted trumpet aficionado, perhaps. Yes, muted trumpet aficionado. thing i love is you can really feel how present the recording is there's a a really nice light natural reverb that is hard to replicate with studio effects um and then the lyrics are so very gabe in some respects the main lyric of the song is why do it if it isn't gonna hurt a little which is a, a like a valid and important way to live your life like sometimes the hardest things, but the most important things are the most important things, and they put you at risk. In the context of like starting to fall in love with somebody, especially if you're in a tender place emotionally at the time, it can feel really dangerous to put yourself out there and expose yourself to heartbreak. And I like the sentiment of the song being like, well, then that's probably worth doing. That's the sort of thing that you should do. Go for it. Why do Talk through it in the middle of the 
now, Andrew, you brought a truly spectacular album. Yeah, I, uh, like you, Gabe, there was nothing that I was, like, aware of and looking forward to releasing this week. And I listened to some singles from earlier in the week, and I was kind of into some things. And and then what I usually do if I don't know at all what's coming out this week is I'll listen to, like, NPR's New Music Friday playlist on Friday morning. Yes. And I started listening to the first two tracks that I was like, oh, okay, I don't need to listen to anything else. This is the album I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick something from. Uh, so I am bringing the song called Shepherd's Song. And it is uh, by, off the self-titled album by the collective called Kela Ketla. sort of international collective led by the group, the South African group Cold Cut, who I don't know anything about because I'm not super in tune with the South African indie music scene, but they seem super cool. And they recruited a whole bunch of musicians in South Africa and in London and also some people uh, in LA. They have Auntie Balas who are based in Brooklyn. Um, There's all sorts of people in this collective that was sort of this album was put together over a whole bunch of recording sessions in South Africa and then some more recording sessions in London and then more mastering and all sorts of things and uh what we have is this absolutely incredible album it's just nine tracks but they're all like pretty long and they're all absolutely incredible with some really amazing musicians uh working on working on each of these there is no song on this album that's less than four and a half minutes long most are in like the six plus range yeah but there's also no song in this album that feels like too long or sprawling in scope like no i mean well the whole project is like immense in scope but it it's so every song is so tightly and carefully constructed the song you brought Shepherd song is eight minutes plus, but every one of those minutes feels important and like adds something. Okay, so the musicians on this particular song, Shepherd's Song, I assume this is in addition to Cold Cut or I don't know if this is like a full list of everyone on it, but there is at least some sort of list in the song credit. So that is what I will read. So there's Tony Allen, who I want to mention first because Tony Allen is an incredible uh, Nigerian percussionist. He was the drummer and like the, the music director of Felakuti's band. Oh, which is we've talked about on four when we talked about Antibalas, who also appears on this song and, and this record that Fela Kuti and his band are sort of the the fathers of Afrobeat as a genre. Um, and Tony Allen is a huge part of that as the percussionist and musical director. As Fela Kuti once said, without Tony Allen, there would be no Afrobeat. And he's on, I think, like five or six of these nine tracks. 
Uh, he actually just passed away at the end of April this year. So this was the last or one of the last projects that he worked on. It's so incredible. And I, I was reading an interview or or sort of a, a breakdown of the album by Cold Cut. And they just keep talking about how like <laughs> the song after this one on the album Freedom Groove, they say they, they ended a recording session with Tony Allen. And then um, they wanted to do a little jam session. So they did that and they recorded it. And then they listened to it back later. And they were like, okay, all of our parts of this suck. But the Tony Allen part is incredible. So we're going to drop all of the stuff that we recorded. Just take the drums and build an entire new song on that because we can't, we can't like throw this in the trash. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the percussion on this album in general is spectacular. But very much on this song, you're like, wow, so much style. But I had this on down in like my living room yesterday. I was just like bopping around so danceable oh so good yeah it's incredible um i just want to real quick list the other people who are listed on this song I'm going to do my best to pronounce, but I'm not 100% certain what the uh, ethnicity of all these people are, so I don't 100% know how to pronounce uh, their names, but I'll do my best. So in addition to Tony Allen and Auntie Balas, uh, there's Nonon Koane, uh, Tabang Tabane, Gali Ngoveni, Sibusile Gaba, and Afla Saki. And there's also another person who they don't mention on the credits, but they mention in a breakdown... Uh, Tubatsi Malloy, who is the vocalist that you hear giving a translation of the song at the beginning and then sort of singing the main melodies for, for most of it. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize that that was a translation of what came next. Yeah, so um, they actually, that was recorded after they did uh, like a take of the vocals for the song. The guys from Cold Cut uh, asked uh, Tubatsi Malloy for a translation of the words and he explained it. And they recorded it, and then they put that in at the beginning of the song. What language is most of the song being sung? I'm not certain. I can't find a uh, direct, uh, direct explanation. Like, no one says what it is. My guess, my best guess based on context clues is sepedi, because that's what the word keleketla is. It's, it's the word for response, as in, like, a call and response. Um, that's the language that that is from. Um, and I also think it's a petty because it's, uh, I tried to do some basic translations with the internet, could not find a Sepeti translator, but could find, uh, a Susutu translator, which is a related language, but not the same. And some of the words seemed very close. So based on all of that, I believe this is Sepeti, but I'm not sure. Great sleuth work, Andrew. I'm impressed. Thank you. I have been traveling with the world of our forefathers. Gidisa, Gidisa. I am a shepherd. Especially at the beginning of the song, there's a number of digital elements. Yeah. It's not all like analog drums, right? Analog drums feels like a weird way to describe like a normal 
set of any drum. But I guess as opposed to a drum machine. I mean, acoustic drum? It's still not great. Yeah. Real drums? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the cold cut aspect of that. Because they're primarily, like, electronic producers. But I think that's I think that's where this this like whole collective project really shines is in the interaction of that. Because especially like in this song, in, in every song where that happens, you can approach it from an angle of like, ooh, look how they're like putting the electronic and the acoustic instruments together. Or you can just listen to it as a whole and it doesn't feel like two disparate parts being shoved together. Um, everything is very cohesive. Yeah, remarkably so, given not just the different, like, not just acoustic versus electronic, but also the huge variation in styles that come together in one track. You know, obviously Afrobeat is kind of the the, the basis of it, but you have, like, traditional s- Southern African and South African folk being used. Right, as we see also from the linguistic uses and in, in the words. And there's like jazzy horns and influenced the those influence the harmonies, especially later in the song. But it feels like a very natural progression and a part of one solid whole. You know, you mix singing with spoken word and like there's so many different like pulls that are being made. And that's sort of what you get when you have so many talented musicians working together but being able to put that together in one solid package is really impressive and it's what makes the entire album just so delightful to listen to that actually brings up another thing that i really love about this song specifically is that there are some really beautiful and for me at least unexpected vocal harmonies in this um the further it gets in there's i believe that's nonon koane doing the the harmonies with Tubatsi Molloy's melodies um, that are r- just really cool intervolically. I mean, like in, in the, in the, in the, the notes that she's picking to harmonize with his notes and the way that her counter melody fits with his is just really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so what were some other albums that you were listening to this week, Gabe? Yeah, I wanted to mention on the record front, there is a a great album called To Know Without Knowing from Mulato Estatke and the Black Jesus Experience. Um, Mulato Estatke is like one of the fathers of like modern Ethiopian fusion music in Ethiopia. It's a really cool album. I, I was considering bringing it. But I want something a little more, honestly, I want something a little more indie. And uh, there was a record from, the second record from uh, the trio Dream Wife called So When You Gonna, which is like punky, pop punky, which was really fun. 
the other album that I was really into this week was an electronic experimental kind of ambient kind of album called Greetings by the uh, group Glass Salt. It's not the kind of thing that's for everybody, but if you, if like me, your favorite Radiohead album is Kid A, you will like this album. You and Pitchfork. <laughs> me and Pitchfork. Always in agreement. Two singles that I wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. The one that's probably on everybody's mind in like the indie world is Sufjan Stevens' lead single from his next record titled America, which uh, talk about grand in scope. Yeah. Um, the other is, I don't know what this is off of. Maybe you know, um, Soccer Mommy dropped a new single this week. Oh, yeah. Have you not been? Called Drive. Yeah, it's a, it's a cover of a car song. Oh, I, yeah. I figured they were covers, <laughs> but I wasn't sure. Yeah, so she's been doing like covers with other friends. This is like the last installment of that series. So she's been dropping like two singles, one of her doing a cover and one of someone else doing a cover. Gotcha. Yeah. I think Susumi does the other one this week. Um, anyway, I really enjoyed it. it was, I, I really like Soccer Mommy. She's a favorite on the pod. <laughs> she is. Um, there were two new tracks from Cut Worms called Unnatural Disaster and Baby Come On. They're very good. If you like the Beatles, you will like Cut Worms because he sounds like the Beatles. I'll have to check it out. Although, not a big fan of the Beatles. Yeah, you don't like the Beatles, so this isn't for you. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't say I don't like the Beatles. I've softened on that point over the years. but. Um, and then from a very different folk angle from my actual new tune... I really enjoyed a song called Sweet Greens and Blues by Shirley Collins, who is a uh, an Irish folk singer who's been around since the 70s. And she's putting out a new album this year. Um, and this song was, was very beautiful. So Andrew and I have decided to wrap up this particular series of themes that we've been doing with Fresh Pressed. Um, we've really been focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement, the historical figures that have been influential in the various protest movements over the last uh, 50 years or so. But we also want to make the point that this movement is not over. We're not trying to set aside the concerns which have not been solved on the whole by anybody in government. It's still important to be active and activists. So we've tried to think about a way to reframe sort of our podcast in a more socially responsible way moving forward especially as you know two white men talking from across the country at each other we don't want to lose sight of the bigger issues some of which you know we're naturally privileged to escape the day-to-day effects of so i put together like a small mission statement for the podcast um it's a work in progress still but i wanted to bring that to the attention of our listeners this week um, so our mission with Fresh Pressed is to highlight new songs for a diverse collection of artists and genres and to bring awareness to lesser-known musicians through appreciation and humor. And we also seek to introduce our audience to previously released music to explore specific important themes. We know that we have been fairly casual with our theme choices And that's fun, you know, like doing songs about swords or dogs is great and fun and it allows us to pick music that we want to show you. But we're going to try and be a little more conscious with our theme picks to provide, you know, more of a 
small educational experience alongside the new music we provide by showcasing specific moments in time like we've been doing or um, specific genres in specific places. We want to maintain the specificity. We're not going to do like broad things like jazz from the 60s, but something more particular and precise if we can. And still allow us to show you songs that we love, but maybe to do that in a way that still is responsible to you, the listeners, and also the greater community. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that that striving for a more like educational and responsible experience is not just in terms of what we put out as a product for people to listen to, but also what we as individuals are spending our time listening to and paying attention to week to week. So you're right, like songs where we, I mean, weeks where we have picked themes that are just sort of a random noun are like fun. They're very fun. And it lets me be like, ah, what's my favorite song by a band that I love that happens to be about this noun. But I think it's a more useful and more responsible podcast for, for the theme to be more direct and for the choice of theme to cause us as listeners seek out music that we haven't heard before and and widen our own view so that we can then turn and and do the same for the listeners and if you as listeners have input or feedback for us we are always open to hearing from you whether that's specific artists that you're in love with we want to know about we want to know we want to hear your opinions because it broadens our own experience and you know one of the reasons Andrew and I do this podcast is just because we love listening to new music and this is such a marvelous excuse to do that um so as a nice segue for that you can uh catch us on twitter at fresh pressed pod um if you want to listen to our picks from this week and all past weeks we have a playlist that we link in the show notes on spotify Um, As a note, the clipping song from this week will not be there because it is Bandcamp exclusive. Yes, so instead you should go and buy that on Bandcamp. Absolutely. Support the artists. Um, And then we'll be back next Tuesday, July 14th with more tunes and more grooves. For now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Pressed.